This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on that smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I am your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. I'm glad to say um, you didn't really notice too much that we are on electric power only when we came into the studio today. You're <laughs> a surprise. This is like, uh, we were... The only reason I knew was because you basically said, huh, it didn't charge. Yes. That was the only reason why I knew. Yeah, it didn't charge, but it was on electric power only. It's pretty cool. Mm. Um, we were in the Audi Q5 PHEV. Uh, it's funny to me that most car companies are ramping up to electric. Audi came out with their e-tron and they're ramping down to the plug-in hybrids, which is they did That's it opposite from everyone else. Yeah, they went all electric and now they're ramping down to the plug-in uh, hybrids. Very uh, interesting. Uh, I like it. I actually, that's the second plug-in hybrid I have in my uh, garage right now. I also have the BMW 330e. Uh, I just did a big story that will air um, this week on all the TV stations about uh, are you ready, are you really ready after we lost power all over the country in the last few weeks to go electric? Because I sort of was, and then I got whacked with a $2,000 bill for putting in my electric charger because they had to change the direction of my power line, oh. uh, which I wasn't expecting. So I'm not happy about that. Well, and it's funny. I don't think I'm going to not have them on the radio to talk about it, by the way. <laughs> well, it's funny now, too, is because you drive up. Not only do you have all the cars, the gas cars on the left, yeah. you got all the charging car, or sorry, all the car charging cars on the right, yeah. and you've got all these cords all over now. Yeah. So it's like it's a trip hazard. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'd have to have some guy out there with, like, uh, those things that they guide the air- airplanes down at the airport with yeah. say, watch out for the yeah. cords. It's so funny. I'm not liable, by the way, if you break your neck. Mm-hmm. Just letting you know. Okay. Uh, packed show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of fun cars to talk about. Plus, we're going to go down uh, through some of the cool stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the Buick Envision. Uh, Buick doing some super cool stuff, part of the General Motors group. We're talking about getting rid of gas cars altogether, but probably by the time neither of us have driver's licenses. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, Jeremy Barnes is going to join us. He's from Mitsubishi. Uh, this is a company that's been super quiet for a long time and now coming out with reasonably priced, really exciting designs. And these vehicles have got so much tech in them that I'm like, why should I pay so much money for all these expensive cars out there when Mitsubishi are doing the same thing with great warranties for a lot less? Yeah, I'm excited about this. Enticing. Just that's all I have to say. Enticing. Uh, March Madness. Hey, uh, for the sports fans out there, Jen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jen. Yes. Talk to my friend Scott Lesser this weekend, who's a, a salesman at a TV station in Portland called Coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to like just let him get on with it for 20 minutes because <laughs> he t- all he wants to talk about is March Madness. And I'll like put the phone down, I'll go make a sandwich and come back and he's still talking about I know, March Madness. You Man- like that with all sports unless it's what, cricket? No, no, Polo. that's not true. Okay. No, I mean, cricket, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rugby, yeah. Mm-hmm. Soccer, yeah. F1, yeah. F1, yeah. Yeah. And a few others. I mean, I, I like basketball. But this is different. And you know what I like basketball mostly for? 
I just, I love to watch the athletes get excited because <laughs> they're, you know, like in, in, like in football or American football, because it's not football, it's soccer. Yeah, you guys yeah. got it all wrong. Anyway, Anyways. in football, um, they, got, they celebrate um, like just when they do something cool. In, in basketball, they celebrate all the time. And they, they're like, and everybody in basketball is cool. Like there's not a single player out there that's not cool. They got tats. They got cool hairdos. And remember, they got cool shoes. Not everybody in football is cool. Yeah, this whatever. This is college. (laughs) Yeah, and they're super cool. Like okay, I just want to make sure. For someone that's five foot four, anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Ford have some March Madness stuff going on. Tyson (laughs) Germany is going to be here from JD Power and Associates. We're going to look at where car sales are. And, and there's some data about to drop. We're going to talk about this later in the mm-hmm. month, but you're going to be super surprised about what's going on with the car sales. And I'm going to tell you, I've already seen some of this data. Can't talk about it until it happens. But um, it's surprising what people are doing in car shopping. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ram uh, trucks and uh, Mopar design. Uh, we're going to talk to Mark Trussell about uh, the very cool... Um, Jeep concept that, that everybody is being asked to design for uh, the Chrysler. It used to be Fiat Chrysler project that they have every year. Now it's Stellantis. The company changed its name recently, uh, Drive for Design, uh, and their project that they do every year where you get a chance to be an intern at now Stellantis. It used to be Fiat Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark is the head of Ram Trucks and Mopar and uh, Jeep. And I'm and glad they does, kept it. This yeah, is really Drive for Design program. is where you get the chance as a high school kid. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out the age group to design something. Anton Warman going to give us a flash look at how the uh, the industry looks. And then also Perry Stern going to join us from MSN Autos and from Our Auto Expert to look at the Polestar 2, which doesn't have a start and stop button. I love that vehicle. Just Yeah, it's cool. And Swedish cool, though. Oh, very cool. It's, too, it's probably too cool I just for everyone. Lo- yeah, no start everyone. button. You just sit there. Yeah, yellow seat belts. Yeah. Probably not a reason just to have it. There's got to be a few others. Electric. <sighs> all electric, by the way. Um, so I have, uh, I've been test driving a couple of really cool vehicles this week. I have to tell you that um, I don't get to drive as much as I did pre-pandemic, so it's harder to evaluate vehicles. But it's not horrible. Uh, I do get to drive... Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, the Buick uh, Encore GX, which is sort of got the same name as the Buick Encore, but the GX is super important because it's slightly bigger. It has an appealing exterior design. It's kind of this small SUV. So if you want to be high as everybody, but you don't want a big truck-like SUV, um, it's it's the perfect size. <laughs> it's slightly bigger than the regular Encore, which is a huge seller for them. And it's got some uh, luxury accoutrements. Uh, which I find appealing, and the price, super appealing. Uh, suggested you pay somewhere around $22,000 and up for it. So, you know, that's appealing. Who doesn't like to pay that for a premium brand? Uh, good infotainment, good driving assistance technology, lots of space for the passenger and cargo. This is uh, the empty nester or the young family style car. And it's where you want all the life creatures and life comforts, but you kind of don't want to pay for them. Is that you? Mm. you sort of like nice things, but don't want to have to pay for them? Uh, it depends. Yeah? I Go big or go home. Oh. That's how I look at life. Wait, oh, sorry. I thought you were uh, go big or do, and don't pay for it kind no. of No, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm a kind of go big and don't pay for it kind of guy. Well, 
I like all the cool sh stuff, but then I don't like to have if, to pay cool prices. Yeah, a but hop, you know, like you big only, money. Okay, but you only live once. So if you're going to go to a football game, why sit in the back when you could sit in the front? Because you have to pay $1,000 a ticket. Worth you it. were complaining about that the Worth last time. Worth it. Okay. Okay. I'm All right. just saying. Can you take me for $1,000 a ticket next time you go to a game? You, you hate football. You yeah. just oh, said yeah. it on the Wait, air. there was that. Yeah. There was just that. <laughs> Apple CarPlay, Android Auto integration are wirelessly inside of this as well. Uh, and, and it's a good little drive. Um, I would go test drive one if you're looking for that sort of small SUV size vehicle. Plus, the one I have has a very nice uh, red and black grille. And also uh, black on the exterior. Uh, nice appointments on the inside. I'd give it a, my verdict, about a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, so good little design, 1.3 liter engine, um, and a lot of the safety features that you want. About 155 horsepower, all-wheel drive. So it's going to cope with bad weather as well. Uh, I would say I would pay up to about $25,000 for this. Um, and you can get a turbo version as well, I believe. So doesn't it, it's not... It's not a sad vehicle. It goes up against things like the Nissan Kicks mm -hmm. um, and, and with a few more luxury accoutrements as well. I would just tell you that. Also been driving this, uh, what we drove in today is the Audi Q5 PHEV, um, which is the plug-in hybrid. does about uh, 19 miles on electricity alone if you should get the charger plugged in correctly. Just about four miles if you don't. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, well, we made it here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> now, how are we getting home? That was a good start. Oh, <laughs> we need to start walking right now. And uh, that, that actually was a lot of fun. And, and also, um, I have also in my driveway, th that, by the way, is expensive. It's a compact SUV, sort of about the RAV4 size, but it's a luxury SUV. And the one I have, oh, $60,000. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it is like super leather. And, uh, and uh, let me just tell you, the cockpit in that Audi where you have the gauges, that mm. thing has Google Earth, Google Street, and it flashes up. And I, you can't beat it. That the cockpit and that, it's probably worth the money. Uh, it starts starts in the in the fifty two thousand dollar range, and goes up from there. I, I built one online this morning. It's sixty five thousand dollars. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was doing that with my parents last night. two I'm cars like, for that. Check this out. You know you could build it, and then it's like three times the price. And I'm yeah. like, oof. I I definitely have champagne tastes and a beer budget. I'm beer a sad, budget. I'm a sad individual <laughs> when it comes to building cars. Like every time I build them online, I, I have click problems. Oh, yeah. I just click every button and go, well, that's not going to happen. Well, I want the flames and the stripes yeah. and the... Yeah, I just, I can't, I do have a click problem. It's don't, don't ever take sleeping pills and shop on Amazon. I know. Or this is a bad experience for me. Actually, it's a good experience for me because I seem to get some of the stuff that you order on Amazon. What? <laughs> have I been sending stuff to your house? No, but you need to. <laughs> oh. Well, I have a I have an industrial French fry maker. Uh huh. I have a closet full of uh, Adidas footwear. I have a roti making machine. And I have a bed warmer. Yes, uh, a, I helped you a set bed that jet, up. Yeah. A bed jet. Yeah. Uh, and those things were all bought when I had taken a sleeping pill because I couldn't sleep but and you then got said on my that phone. Bed jet, bed, bed jet is one of the best things you've ever bought. Well, yeah, it is occasionally and sometimes of the year. But here's the problem. <laughs> I put the bed jet on. Yeah. And then the dogs come and lie between the jet of air <laughs> and me. And so uh, it doesn't do any good. <laughs> it's a dog jet. No, it just doesn't know any good. They, they stop the air getting exactly. to my leg. All right, a very packed show coming your way. Stand by. Our auto expert continues.
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. Hear the past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside the car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Buick. They have done major things with their brand in the last few years, renewed a lot of their uh, um, cars to make them look fresh and exciting. And it all really started when they had that concept at the auto show called the Avenir. Mm -hmm. And that has drifted down now to be a trim level. Uh, including in the uh, brand new uh, Envision version of the 2021 Buick Envision. It now has an Avenir trim level. And the Envision, of course, next to the launch or the recent launch of the Encore GX is expanding the lineup of their SUVs. Fresh and exciting. I do like the dark and trim level as well. It comes with lots of integration of technology. Now, here to tell us all about it, Rob Peterson is the marketing manager for the 2021 Buick Envision. Um, I will tell you, first of all, Rob, our uh, old radio group that used to work with us to distribute our show nationally was called Envision Radio. They have since been absorbed, but they could never understand why that Buick never did a deal with them. They were like, why didn't, why didn't Buick do a deal with us and give us an Envision because we'd have promoted it. Um, but since they have been absorbed by another company, so it's too late for that. But I think they, they wanted to run out and buy one. The now, interesting thing to me is it's as big, Envision is as big in China as it is in the U.S., isn't it? It is. It is. Thank you guys for letting me come on and talk a little bit about the Envision. Um, and, you know, as, as typical, I'm about a day late and a dollar short with that market hook up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, um, yeah, the, the Envision actually, um, you know, is uh, very successful in uh, China. Um, you know, there's about, uh, they sell about 200,000 Envisions a year. Um, and, uh, but we're very bullish about uh, how it's going to perform here in the United States. I mean, we think that um, it's at the right time. It's uh, got the right level of content. And it's really, it's a great representative of what Buick is and can be and will be. I like the one thing I do like about what you've done with your vehicles is they do look stunning when you see them uh, stationary or on the road. But the other thing is, too, and one thing I tend to do with my vehicles is when you want them to be spirited driving vehicles, they're there. But a lot of times when I zone out, the vehicle kind of just lets me do that a little bit when I'm driving, but also sort of monitors me. So it helps me with things like forward collision warning and alerts um, and all those type of things to make sure that I'm being monitored as a driver, as you do a lot of times, not so much now during the pandemic, but you know, when you're sitting in a lot of traffic and you're just doing the commute that you do every single day, you don't tend to pay as much attention as you probably should. And the vehicle knows that, or you do as designers and creators of the vehicle. And you sort of monitor us and make sure that we feel comfortable. We feel surrounded by uh, sort of blocking out the exterior of the vehicle, but at the same time, uh, you don't let us get into too much trouble. Yeah, well, that's actually core to, core to uh, what Buick and the brand attempts to deliver on all of its vehicles. And it really starts with uh, Buick quiet tuning. So we have active noise cancellation. We have um, laminated windows and we have triple door seals and things along that to make sure that it's quiet on the inside of the vehicle. And then, like you pointed out, having the right level of technology that um, is active but not intrusive in your driving style. So 
Um, one of my one of my favorite features, in fact, w- what we have is we have a group of them called Buick Driver Confidence Plus. It's nine active active safety features. One of the features that I like the most because I live on a road that tends to get dark very early and there's no light is IntelliBeam headlamps. And so as soon as I turn on, you know that my brights come on um, and then my brights go off if somebody else is coming down the road. It's one less thing that I have to think about. It allows me to kind of do exactly what you said. Be more in the moment of, um, you know, I'm driving and I'm staying out of trouble, but I'm a little bit more in the moment with those people that are in, in the vehicle with me. Um, you know, I, I took the Envision on a road trip, so I have a, a pre-production Envision, but uh, we went out west and we put 5,700 miles on that car. And um, that is probably one of the greatest features about it is once you're out on the freeway and you're heading out and all the safety features are doing their thing, the car is quiet on the inside. You can really take in everything that's around you. And it's a, it's a really an enjoyable experience. It's the same thing with like uh, turbo engines and nine-speed transmissions. Uh, it's, it's the yeah. power's there when you slam your foot down on the accelerator, but it doesn't guzzle gas until you need the power. And it's the same thing with the, uh, the nine-speed transmission. It's always trying to find a better gear to consume less gas if you, if you don't need to be in, in another gear. And I kind of like that at the same time, as well as Apple Android, uh, Apple CarPlay or Android mm-hmm. Auto. You know, you can plug your phone in and you kind of forget it. Um, it's yeah. sort of done. Yeah. yeah, the connectivity part is, a, is also a really a, a very nice feature of the Envision. Um, Apple Car- wireless Apple CarPlay, wireless Android Auto um, is, avail- is a standard on the vehicle. Yeah. Um, what it really does there, along with um, the electronic... Um, shifting with the push button shifting it frees up that center console area of wires and automatically you know when you get into the car it connects and where i found this to be one of the biggest advantages is when my wife would drive she would take her purse and put her purse in the car um and the phone her phone automatically connected to the vehicle without ever having to be pulled out of her purse one less one less intrusion into the cockpit area of the vehicle it really just kind of makes it a, a great experience. Uh, price and availability. Sure. Um, we started delivering them in uh, January. We're off to a very quick start uh, with sales. We're going very well. Um, starting at price is $33,000, and that, that, uh, that includes the standard um, fuel driver confidence plus active safety features, the uh, wireless connectivity, the 2-liter turbo engine, 9-speed automatic transmission, um, you know, a whole slew of uh, great, uh, great features and a very, you know, a, a, a complete package. That, um, to me, that's, that's a good deal because a lot of times you expect to see these vehicles come into the market completely stripped bare. And if you want any cool stuff in it, then you end up having to pay a four or $5,000 premium just to get them in to come into the market with all that cool stuff. And then if you really do want to get up to the Avenir trim level as well, you just have to pay a little bit extra. And then you get the, the really cool stuff like the dark and the cool wood and that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think you've done an absolutely uh, great job there rob peterson uh thank you so much for taking some time out rob is the marketing manager for buick envision and if you want to test drive one i'm pretty sure you'll find a buick dealership near you the 2021s as rob said are out there right now go uh, go experiment go have fun coming up more our auto expert on the way you're listening to the our auto expert podcast 
Uh, this is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Just ask us a car question. Direct messages at our Auto Experts, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, I have always been a fan of uh, Mitsubishi. They have done cars that are priced well and technology bound well and also made well with great warranties and innovative uh, technology as well as the technology under the hood and in the uh, wheel wells and in the drive shaft and recently announced the brand new Mitsubishi Outlander which uh, looks like to me something that is a pioneering design would you say Jen? A pioneering design, uh, definitely. So uh, joining us on the phone is the Senior Director of Communications, or comms as we like to call him, Jeremy Vans. And forgive me if this turns into a Brit fest. But, I know. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> That's why I like Jeremy Barnes on. It's kind of entertaining. Oh, but you don't like you. me, but you like Jeremy Barnes. Of course <laughs> I like Jeremy Barnes. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, yeah, it does. We, we mentioned this briefly the last time you were on. It definitely is a pioneering design. Um, now, those lights on the left and, and right-hand side of the grill, the, the larger ones, are they the headlights or are they the daytime running lights? Uh, actually, the, the daytime running lights are the ones that are up high. They're uh, just at the base of the windscreen. Yeah. Then, uh, sorry, the base of the hood, I should say. And then uh, the headlamps, the ones that are just a little bit below that. And that was actually a, an intentional design. Put the daytime running lights up high where yeah. people, uh, other drivers' eyes are naturally. And then put the headlamps a little lower because that's where the, uh, they have the, the most shine onto the road. And it doesn't dazzle anyone. They look huge. Uh, I don't have much. I mean, I'd like to see human beings standing next to them, which I don't see in a picture. But they look absolutely huge headlights, uh, where everyone else is going for small, and you can you're not quite sure where they are. Uh, and it's it, a very breathtaking design, uh, very different from everybody else is doing it. Was this the was this the one thing that makes uh, Mitsubishi stand out with the Outlander? And you know, but by the way, there are Outlanders I see on the road today, um, older Outlanders that still are on the road today. This vehicle has had had such a great history in America, oh, yeah. um, and they still survive on the road today. It's, and, and some of those designs still remain iconic. Why would you say they're yeah, still they, surviving? They're awesome. No, but th- really old ones, <laughs> like super old ones, know. you know, many years old that still Don't run around today. <laughs> yeah, the, um, certainly the, the design of this vehicle is, is, um, is something you're going to start to see in a lot more Mitsubishi vehicles. This is the beginning of our next generation of design. You know, this car's um, plays, a, plays a lot of different roles. It, it plays the role of, of our new flagship vehicle. It plays the role of the beginning of the next generation of design. Um, and it's really a commitment to the North American market. It just proves that Mitsubishi is serious about business here in the U.S., across all of North America and around the world. So capabilities of, of, of this, obviously, originally when this size of vehicle came out, it was truck-based. It was very off-road capable. Is, is it going to be off-road? Is the new Outlander going to be off-road capable? Yeah, it really is. Look, the, the reality is that, that uh, people are buying these vehicles, these types of vehicles. They're family vehicles, right? They're, they're cars that are driven every single day, and everyone wants to know that you've got the capability, should you need it, to, to drive in snow or in, in adverse conditions. So what we put in the new Outlander is a is a six mode rotary controller. So you can have um, uh, you can set the, the vehicle up for if you're driving in snow, if you're driving in mud, if you're on a fun twisty windy road, um, and then also to sort of a, a basic eco setting so you can make the vehicle as efficient as possible as well. 
Or you can just leave it in auto and let the car pick the best mode. So you don't have to sacrifice any of the safety or the performance to get a vehicle with this great styling, with this great drivability, and for, a, like you said earlier, a great price. It's a really strong product with a lot of value and a lot of content at a really strong price as well. And I'm looking at pictures of the interior. Obviously, haven't seen it in, per- in, in person yet, but the yep. initial uh, jump for my eye are three things. One, diamond stitching on the doors and the seats. Number two, looks like real wood accents in a lighter wood um, on the center armrest on the doors and across the middle of the dash. And then a shifter that I haven't seen before, which looks very high end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, I think that that's a, a really nice word for it. And uh, it is high end, you know, it. We're trying to give someone that. I apologize for the noise in the background. I'm just walking through an airport. No problem. So sorry for that. Um, but yeah, we are trying to definitely give it a, an absolute and upscale feel. Um, the ability to get all of the nice things, the things that you would expect that you'd want in a in a an upscale family vehicle, but at a really great entry point. Um, the diamond stitching, I think, is a really striking part of it. The 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 cars with the two tone interior, the black and the tan interiors on the the touring trim, and it's really truly striking there's also a lighter gray and also a, a basic black interior as well and then on lower trims there's a two-tone of um, of a sort of a suede-like material with uh, with a leatherette on the sides um, the vehicles are uh, give the customer an opportunity to to choose what fits their life and their lifestyle and their choice is best as well i i look at this and i'm immediately thinking if I didn't know because there is no insignia obviously available for the eye to see on the interior I might have gone and guessed um, you know Acura or Infinity yeah. or something like that um, the, the last guess I would have probably made is is Mitsubishi <laughs> and that's and I think that's a really fair thing to say Nick I really do because I think this, this car really does put us into a different place and mm-hmm. certainly from a consideration set I think this really does make people look at Mitsubishi in a new light, you know, to let everyone know that, you know, we're here. We're here big time. This is a, this car's a real statement for us as a brand. Right. And, and of course, you know, Mercedes always championed the diamond stitching, although theirs was uh, slightly different. Theirs was um, vertical. I think yours is more horizontal. But that's an interesting choice to make. How, how is the tech going to be on the inside? Because, of course, that's a big thing, uh, definitely to c- attract a much younger audience and even an older audience who may not utilize all of it but wants to know it's there is the tech going sure. to be standard is the apple uh, apple and uh, android uh, going yep. to be there yep uh, apple carplay and android auto are standard on all the trim levels from the from the least expensive all the way to the most fully equipped um on uh, it also uh, offers uh, wireless apple carplay uh, initially um there's wireless charging in the vehicle uh, right forward of the shifter that you mentioned earlier there's a wireless charging pad um, we have a, a, a nine-inch center screen that's uh, on the upper trim levels, and an eight-inch center screen on the entry-level vehicle. Uh, that's a touch screen, so it's really easy to use. You just press the icon that you see, and it, it looks and operates like your smartphone, like you're used to operating. And then um, something that I think is really super, and frankly, is is a, a, a new first time we've ever seen it in a Mitsubishi vehicle. What we call a, a driver display, which is the uh, the instrument cluster, is fully digital now as well. 
that's a 12 and a half inch instrument cluster layers also enables you to choose a couple of different gauge packages so you can you can have something that looks very traditional uh, with the swing needles like you can see in a normal vehicle and then something that's a little bit more high tech you can just toggle that really simply to get a different look and feel to the gauges as well um, as you, we mentioned earlier that that um, mode selector as you change that mode selector it's really simple uh, it shows you uh, different images of the vehicle in that gauge cluster as well and it even shows the navigation system in the gauge cluster so for the driver that's super important because it means you don't have to take your eyes off the road quite as much you don't have to go from steering and and uh, focusing down the road to then have to flick your eyes sort of down to the right if you want to see that main screen in the center of the dash all you have to do is just flick your eyes down like you were looking at the gauges in other words awesome and uh the warranty how's that going to work out for everybody because obviously you you guys have ha had some high-end trials with warranties um you've you've tried some extended uh some interesting warranties is is it mm -hmm. going to be a good warranty that comes with this yeah absolutely absolutely there is you know we and we the the the, the real piece resistance of the warranty of course is our 10-year hundred thousand mile powertrain warranty just to prove that that we stand behind every vehicle with the, the mitsubishi three diamond badge on it um that's uh you know something that, that any dealer anywhere in the u.s regardless of where you purchased your vehicle can of course provide warranty service you know a, a you don't have to go back to where you bought the vehicle. I'm sure this is something that you often discuss on the show as well. Yeah. They have callers who say, you know, I, I, I've moved or something. Will I have a problem with my warranty? Of course you don't. Any dealer anywhere in the country will be happy to help out if there's any issues. Biggest surprise for me, scrolling down to the bottom of the page here, is the starting price. A uh, bit of a mouth dropper. Mm -hmm. Even the top trim level starting at 35, the bottom trim level starting at 25 and change. Yeah. Yeah, Nick, we've, we've talked about this. We talked about this when we chatted about Eclipse Cross a couple of weeks ago. You know, value is part of the Mitsubishi story. You know, this car is is a huge statement for our brand. It's 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 the flagship. It's the highest level vehicle. It's got the most amount of equipment, most amount of technology we've ever offered. But it's still a Mitsubishi. It's got to be a really great value. It's got to be in the the, the heart of that price point that our customers would expect. You know, our customers want, they want all the luxury, they want all the niceties, but they want it at a price point that they're comfortable with, which is where we had to bring that vehicle in. You think you're going to make some enemies? I'm sorry, are we going to what? Make some enemies? <laughs> well, I sort of hope so, to be honest. <laughs> we're doing it right. You know, if right. you're friends with everyone, you may be not doing, doing everything right. Yeah. So, no, I, you know, I, I think our competition is going to take a strong look at what we're doing. And frankly, I think there's going to be a lot of shoppers who maybe wouldn't have considered a Mitsubishi before. They're going to look at this vehicle. They're, they're listening to shows like this. They're looking to experts like you to say, if you're going to buy, say, a Toyota RAV4 or a Honda CRV, do yourself a favor and go take a look at that Mitsubishi before right. you buy the vehicle that you think you might want to purchase. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm just thinking of my dad right now. He's looking at a new vehicle. He's <laughs> looking to get out of his CX-5, you know, right now. And maybe he should be looking yep. at this. All right. Jeremy yeah, Barnes. It's lovely. And, and I know you're going to have a chance to come drive one with us at the end of the month down yeah. in Los Angeles. So I'm I, looking forward to seeing you for that. Yeah, I really am looking forward to it. Uh, Jeremy, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether it be in person or on the phone. And I really am looking forward to seeing you at the beginning of April. So, um, Lovely. All yeah. the very best. Thank you, Jeremy. So for having me chat about it. Thank Absolutely. You. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Uh, the new Mitsubishi Outlander, it is going to be on sale very soon, and I will be telling you how it drives. Starting at $25,795. Wow. More Our Auto Expert on the way. 
You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Uh, over 12,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. All right. Are you a fan normally of March Madness? Uh, there's a few teams I there's like. There's just no football in it, is there? No. So you're not interested? Basketball's sort of. okay. Basketball's okay? It's okay. I mean, I it's, like... It's the one American sport. So baseball's too slow. Foot, <laughs> football's too complicated. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, dude, I can't watch it. Do you ever watch too, golf? Oh, that's even worse. Shh, <laughs> quiet. It's fun in person. You have to go out on a field. I know, can't be. Impossible. Or the grass. Or the, My dad took me golfing once, and um, uh, I, I just, I, I lovingly call it gardening. Because okay. I, I do more damage to the golf green than I did hit the ball. Well, so they, Stephen May, your son will have to take me once because yes. I know he's a big fan. I play too. Um, anyway, NCAA uh, uh, March Madness is, we're right in the middle of it, or I guess towards the end of it now. Um, and it's like a frenzy. I was saying earlier on, my friend from the local TV station, uh, he calls me up and we want to talk about other things. And I put the phone down for 20 minutes while he talks about it. Then I come back. The first time since I was four that my team's won a game. And that well, was, you know. thank goodness Ford created their own. Yes. So well, you, that's where we're going. For people uh, like you. Ted Ryan joining us on the phone. He is uh, Ford's archive and heritage brand manager. And uh, Ford have created their own. Uh, I guess we would call it Ford Madness. But no, they call it uh, the Ford Frenzy or the ultimate bracket for the Ford. Ford Frenzy first round. Uh, so who came up with this idea, first of all, Ted? Uh, I've got to give total credit to Mark Truby. Okay. Uh, he, he sent around a note last Thursday saying everybody else is creating or, you know, has focus on basketball. Can we do it where people will compare all the different Ford cars? Perfect. So you came up with uh, a list of journalists uh, or a list of Ford friends and you sent it out. And uh, I nominated Jen because uh, she's much more of a sports person (laughs) than I am. Uh, Every it's here's a side story for you. Um, I, I started with NBC Sports, and I have, then I moved over to Fox Sport, and I, and I wear my jacket in the airport, and guys would run down the whole concourse and stop me and go, why did so-and-so trade so-and-so in for this team? And I am go, motorsports, I can talk to you about all day. I have no idea what you're talking about, my friend, but thank you for stopping me in the middle of the concourse. Uh, so... I do love my cars, though, and I see your brackets here, and you've already been partial of the way through the first round, um, and some of my favorite cars didn't make it so far, and I would tell you the biggest loss for me, which is heartbreaking, is the 1970s Transit. That was a tragedy. It is a tragedy, and as back on, so we got a list of 100 cars that our Ford internal team developed, and then we cut it down to 64 by voting on them, and once it got votes, I began to see them, and thanks to Jen, yeah, we, we, we reached out to select media partners, and they helped us see them as well, and I put the transit as a two-seed, figuring that the UK fanatics were going to vote it through. I, I remember I remember the police version of that. I remember seeing them going through the streets of London's with, uh, London with a light on 
and uh, policemen sitting in them. So that's kind of funny from my childhood. I owned a Bronco uh, 2, which a 1984 version, interestingly enough, which beat it. I see my Bronco Sport is still in there. And there's some other interesting vehicles that uh, that have made it. The Model T ha- seems to have huge support. Uh, that's made it through to the next round, as did the Ranger Raptor, um, which is not available in the United States. Uh, no, it's not. And I think the Model T is going to take it out in the next round. And can we have a moment of silence for the 1956 Continental Mark II? Yeah, what's wrong? Beautiful car- What's wrong oh, with people? Just, hey, my Skyliner's still in there. Yeah. I picked the Skyliner. There's a lot of cars. Go on, go on. Talk. No, and uh, Jay Leno's uh, uh, Galaxy is still in there, too. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, in fact, it's kind of nice to just scroll up and down the page. And if you want to do this, by the way, uh, autoshow.com, uh, FordAutoshows.com, Ford Frenzy is the website. Uh, you can go through this. Uh, Crown Victoria made it. Um, you've got to have a lot of police fans in there. Excel. The Mustang boss has made it to the next round. The Ranger from 83. Uh, there's a lot of interesting cars. Now, so what? What when something wins, my Bronco made it, by the way, to the next round. What, what wins? Uh, what happens to the winner um, in the final? And do they, does it get anything? Do you remake it? Uh, we do not have any plans like that right now, although that was funny you bring that up. That was one of the ideas that was out for discussion. We did this whole thing in a week, and uh, if we do it again next year, when we do it again next year, I think we'll come up with different ways to include more media and to, and to get, a, uh, get a prize. At the moment, you'll just have the warm feeling that your vehicle made it. Uh, I, I've got to point out the, the yeah. rounds are clever. It's the 32-valve, the 1.6-liter, the V8, uh, uh, the 4 on the floor, and the deuce. You've, you're clever. You, people awesome. at Ford are like clever. Do you know what I think is really funny? And you don't have to answer this because it would put you in a difficult position. But I've seen all the rumors about the Maverick online, the new truck coming back. And I've seen all these spy shots don't about start. Ford coming back with a new Maverick. Don't, don't and I noticed that the old Maverick was in, the, in it, but it didn't make it into the final rounds, which mm. I think is hilarious. Uh, however, because I thought there was some kind of shenanigans going on, but it didn't make it into the final rounds. But don't answer that because it'll put you in a difficult position. So um, when will we know the final result? What will be the date of the final winner? It'll be uh, about the same time as the National Basketball Campus Crown. Uh, so it, the, on the, the brackets, and everybody do go to, to go take a look at the brackets. I think these open up again tonight and will be open for 36 hours or until Sunday night. And then we'll be to the 1.6 liter round. Uh, and then next week, weekend, we're going to repeat it again. All right. So here we go. This is obviously going out live, Ted. What is your money on to be the winner of this year's Ford Frenzy? I would say my heart wants a 1965 Mustang, the introductory Mustang, but I think the truck people are truck people, <laughs> and that the F-150 is going to win. You think so? I want, uh, Jim, what are you voting for? You know, I the, the 2017 Ford GT. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, either that or the 1940 Lincoln Continental. Oh, I didn't Can know. Can I tell an out-of-school out of school story? Yeah, yeah go. 2017 was, was not in the version that Jim saw, but uh, Jim Farley, our CEO, he is a Cars Guy car guy, and he had me add in the 2005 Mustang, the 2020 GT500, and the 17 uh, Ford GT. He said, we've got to have those three on there. No, 
no list would be represented without those. Quickly, before we run out of time, tell me what the average, what do you think the average sort of age is of all the journalists voting on this, or all the people voting on this? Well, the journalists, uh, I would have to say, I don't know, 50s, 60s, but uh, the, this is open on Twitter, and Twitter appeals to a younger crowd, so uh, I think that's why the Lincoln Continental Mark II went down. They, they don't, they've never seen one. Yeah, I think it's an older crowd. I think you 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 might see something like the Ranger Raptor win. Let's, I think I think you're going to see a truck, and I think you're going to see older guys. I think it's going to be something older. This is right. exciting. We'll have to have you back. Yeah, Ted, we'll we'll definitely have you back for the winner. Uh, our auto expert, more on the way. I'm I'm knuckle biting right now. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. But as a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, with Truck Girl Jen. Uh, how is the world doing as far as car auto sales are doing? Well, we don't know, but we do know how America is doing. <laughs> North America or the USA, to be precise. Uh, Tyson Jomini is joining us. He is the Vice President of Data and Analytics at J.D. Power and Associates. So, Tyson, we uh, talked to you last month in which there were uh, some improvements, uh, interestingly enough. But in this month, uh, how have things turned out? Are we looking better? Uh, are things more normal? Are we emerging from the pandemic in a positive way? Or should we just take a sigh and go back into our caves? <laughs> oh, are you there, Tyson? Did we lose you? Nope. Nope. Just getting frowns. Right, we'll, 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 we'll try and reconnect with you in just a second. Uh, as, of course, every month this happens, uh, the... The engineers are uh, uh, doing that. U.S. Uh, automotive report it comes out every month, a health report, as it were, for February uh, this year. And they take a look at uh, how things are doing as far as the pandemic is concerned. Are sales up? Are they down? Which states do well? Which states do less well? I don't want to say badly because that's negative. Less uh, well. Less well. Um, yes. <clears throat> uh, what segments of the industry do well? What segments do less well? Uh, Tyson, are you there? Are you with us? I am, Nick. How are you? Oh, good, Yay. good. Thanks for joining us. So, should we uh, should we be happy or should we crawl back into our caves and wait for the sun to come out, like Poxitani <laughs> Phil? <laughs> well, it depends on, on who you are. If you're looking to buy a new car, prices will be high. But if you're an automaker, if you're a dealer, um, these continue to be surprisingly great times. Okay. So uh, what's positive for the, for the month of February? Well, sales continue to be strong. In fact, surprisingly strong. Um, you know, sales for, for the month were, were up 3% on a year-to-date basis. We're up 5% for sales. Um, and all we're talking about is we don't have anything to sell, and yet we keep finding a way to sell more. So uh, a lot of positive things. Are people having to make choices that they don't want to make, for instance, buying cars that they didn't want to buy, or are they finding the models that they want? And when I say that, I hear about uh, people shutting down their factories because of a lack of chips and a lack of parts, uh, and yet sales are still going up. So that would lead me to believe that consumers are actually purchasing things that are sitting on the lot, uh, maybe not what their choice is. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of trade-off you have to make right now. Um, we, and the good news, though, is that a lot of the SUVs that we have 
they tend to overlap. The sizes are all getting kind of close and the features are all kind of close. So you may not be able to find, you know, the Ford Escape, but there's, you know, thankfully there's a Ford Edge above it and a Ford EcoSport below it. And so there's a lot of overlap and mixing going on. So you may not get the color or features or model you want. Um, and, and that's pretty much what we're seeing is that consumers are trading off and perhaps getting a second choice of trim or color or model, but they're still going home with a car. Does that then kind of pollute the research for automakers because people are not buying the cars that they actually want and therefore automakers are seeing sales of vehicles that necessarily aren't the first choice for consumers so they're not manufacturing the correct cars do you, do you understand what i'm saying like uh, <laughs> you know automakers are thinking oh well our ford ecosport is up and selling but the truth is everybody wanted a ford escape <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the, the nature of the question and the word pollute. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough to figure out what exactly it is that consumers want right now. Um, we know they want SUVs, and so anything SUV is flying off, off dealer lots. And then, you know, correct me if you've heard this before, but cars aren't selling very well. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, there, there definitely is going to be some challenge in, in isolating what it is consumers want, because right now they want SUVs, and they're kind of taking anything that they can find. Um, and things are turning so quickly at dealer lots. I mean, cars are coming. As soon as something arrives, it's being sold. Um, so there, there may be a little bit of confusion going on with what the market is telling automakers. But one thing that's loud and clear, we want trucks and SUVs. Except I noticed that large pickups were down 1%. Yeah, um, so we're, we're going, still transitioning with the new F-150. Um, and so demand's been really high and supply's been so tight. And right in the middle of all that, Ford is transitioning the number one selling vehicle every year of our lives um, in the middle of all this. So uh, we're still trying to get more F-150s out. Um, so there is a little bit of an extra crimp in the supply going on right now in that space. So I won't read too much into that. Um, consumers still want trucks. Yet, as you mentioned, compact cars, 22% down. <laughs> yeah. Um, double, another double-digit decline for, for compact car after years and years of, of double-digit declines. Um, yeah, consumers just don't want cars. And the midsize car as well, and that's the famous Toyota Camry, bam, 16% down. Yeah, I mean, and, and you think right now fuel prices have been going up. Um, in the midst of all this, there should be even a more emphasis on cars right now, and yet consumers are still saying, I can get good fuel economy in a compact SUV, a, a RAV4. I don't need necessarily a Camry. Um, and so that segment also continues to struggle. Yeah, and, you know, you go down the list as well. You know, sport, uh, sporty cars, I presume, down 8%. Small cars down 29%. Large cars down 13%. Uh, super premium down 21%. I mean, it just doesn't look good anywhere on the list for cars. <laughs> No, it, do it doesn't. And, and you may be thinking, can I get a good deal on a car right now? And the answer is kind of no, um, because the, the industry has, has been adjusting its volumes further and further down. The industry is chasing the, the car decline. Uh, so we don't have a lot of cars out there, even as they keep falling off so much. There's really not even great deals on, on most cars to be found. You know, it's kind of compact SUVs where you'll find the good deals. Um, I noticed the vehicle I bought in 2018 for $37,000, which was already two years old, is now selling the same vehicle that I bought for $37,000 in 2018 is now for sale for $42,000 three years later. 
Um, and, and that's a large SUV. And lo and behold, new large SUVs up 36%. Vans up 13%. Midsize pickups up 11%. Small SUVs up 18%. And midsize SUVs up 10%. Will it stop? <laughs> Eventually, yes, it's going to stop. Um, but, you know, we, we do still tend to be a bit uh, supply constrained. Uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of coming out of the COVID uh, constraints, and now we're getting right into the micro trip constraints. As I mentioned, you know, we're transitioning some of our, our best selling vehicles. So there's kind of a third. Um, eventually, yeah, it, it will stop going this way, um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon. What part of the country is uh, uh, show red flags? Is there different different stories for different regions? Yeah, it feels like it's it's kind of in the rearview mirror now. But the the ice storms that really shut down the state of Texas reverse its trajectory. I mean, the the south part of the country has been has been dominating for so long, really since the the COVID crisis began. Um, it's really been a, a southern story. Well, the ice really uh, changed that in February. Uh, we will expect that to rebound here in March. We will see a very strong uh, Texas push here. Um, but, you know, recently we've been seeing a lot of strength out west. Uh, California, uh, the Pacific Northwest uh, this year have been doing very well. Uh, perhaps they're catching up from their own COVID constraints. And, it, you know, obviously California, where things have been in such heavy lockdown, uh, they're starting to emerge from that lockdown. Now restaurants up to 25 percent capacity, expected to go to 50 percent capacity soon. They're emerging from some dark times. Are we seeing car sales, SUV sales emerge? We are. And, you know, we, we haven't used the T word a lot uh, on my calls here, but Tesla uh, in, is doing very well this year, is, is the number one performing luxury brand in February. That's a pretty big mark, um, and they do particularly well in California. So we overlay those two pieces. Uh, we're seeing some very strong uh, EV sales and Tesla sales in California. Now, despite the storms, how are EV sales doing in the Northwest, where power was out for uh, four to eight days, and in Texas, where there was no electricity for up to eight days? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a tougher sell in, in those markets, uh, certainly in Texas to begin with. I mean, EVs in Texas, that's, that's a really difficult uh, place to be selling EVs to begin with. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a challenge there. Um, but certainly the, the weather conditions and what has just happened there, particularly with electricity prices, um, may cause a lot of consumers to, uh, to have that in, in some long memories. And, you know, it's just really where I want to go. Um, so we'll continue to monitor that. Is there any deals to be had anywhere? <laughs> uh, on average, no. Um, but, uh, you know, as always, um, if you look at compact SUV, that's, that was the number one segment last year. It's now been surpassed by three-row crossovers this year. But compact SUV, that's sort of the, you know, the bread-and-butter product in the industry now. And not everyone is, is always going to be succeeding there. We've got a lot of capacity. We've got a lot of compact SUVs fighting for wallet share, for mind share. So I would really look in that space um, to, to find some of those uh, vehicles like Ford Escape and, and Chevy Equinox. You may be finding some, some good deal on, on those kind of vehicles right now. Um, that's the one spot where I would really look probably going to wait until the next big sale that happens at the end of the summer. So if you can hang on, I guess, wait until automakers introduce their uh, their sales. And that's usually around Labor Day. That would probably be my suggestion. 
at least. You're probably bound to get a deal there. Tyson, it's always great to have you on. Hopefully, we'll have you on next month again to talk about the the, the deals, if there are any, and to see how everybody's doing. But uh, I guess doom and gloom for a buyer. But uh, if you have an old car sitting in your driveway, I'm always saying, if it's just sitting there, go sell it. You could probably make a profit right now. Uh, J.D. Parent Associates always doing some great research and telling us how prices look. There's more Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. Here it comes. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. I am a horrible designer. Have you ever drawn a car? How, how do you do, Jen? Um, okay. Okay, draw, here, here. I'll give you the whiteboard. Draw a car for me right now. No, we're on Why? the air because people can't see that. No, they but don't you, you should be it. glad we're not on television. I know. Because if you were drawing a car on television, everyone could see it. Draw me one right now. No. Coward. Yep. Um, I drew a car with Ian Callum, who is the Jaguar design, head Did of design. He was. Did you people in the truck? No, he just told me, uh, yeah, let's never do that again. Um, <laughs> apparently, you're supposed to have ground, and I drew it in the middle of the air. Well, but you know who can draw cars? Uh-huh. Do you know who can draw cars? Mark Trussell from, from um, Stellantis. He's mm-hmm. really good at drawing cars because yeah. he does it for a living. I know. Uh, don't you, Mark? <laughs> I do. I do. Lots of practice. Do you know why I'll never forget you? Because when you design wheels, you design them so you can get your hands on the inside and wash them. That's what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I always try and think about the customer because I like to wash my cars, and we all know how tough it is to get brake dust out of the wheels. So I like to make sure you can... Get your hand in there. And I've invited you to my house several times to wash my cars, but have you ever shown <laughs> up? Never. He's a smart guy. We'll, yeah. we'll, set, we'll set that up. We'll do uh, car wheel washing and uh, car drawing. I, I have a studio at my house, a full TV studio with garage doors so we can drive cars into the studio, but you can show up anytime you like and we'll go live. We can do awesome. it. Uh, drive for Design. How many years now, Mark? This is our ninth year uh, that we've been uh, doing the doing the competition, and uh, it keeps getting bigger and bigger for us. And um, it's it's really proving to be something that uh, is working because you know we we really are trying to connect with high school students to let them know about the field of automotive design. And and I you know I think part of this one of the successes that I'm seeing is that we've actually hired one of our previous winners who found out about car design through the competition. He went to a design school and he now actually works for us. So it's a pretty cool thing for us. Awesome. Uh, We should give the website out. We'll do this a couple times during the interview, but it's Stellantis, S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S, driveforddesign.com, and then uh, the number sign with slash, the number sign slash. I don't know if you need that part, but it comes up when I go to the website. You have a number of days to enter. What are the prerequisites to win this competition or to enter this competition, Mark? Yeah, we, um, you know, we're, we're asking uh, high school students grades 10 through 12 to uh, design an electrified Jeep of the future. So, you know, we're really interested to see what does a high school student think? Everyone knows the Jeep brand. What do they think an electrified version of the Jeep, a Jeep in the future uh, should look like? So uh, we, we really want them to uh, have fun, you know, use their creativity and, uh, 
show us what they think. Their entries have to be in uh, by May 14th as well. So, uh, you know, pretty quick turnaround, but uh, we're excited. I'm looking at some of the previous years where you had uh, guys do renderings for RAM, uh, one uh, by a gentleman from uh, Santa Rosa, California, Joe Scandaria, Scandaria, twelfth uh, grader yeah. from uh, Santa Rosa, California, who had something called Magma, uh, which looks pretty fierce, by the way, a Ram truck <laughs> called Magma. Uh, did you ever use any of his ideas in a truck? Uh, no, we didn't. But um, you know, it, it was. Uh, I remember his his entry well. In fact, I will say that that he is actually attending. Uh, College for Creative Studies in Detroit to become a car designer as well. So um, he's he's uh, having some success already. Um, but I do remember his entry, and um, you know we always love to see uh, you know the thoughts and the emotion and and even the passion that the, the high school students put into their artwork. I like uh, uh, first of all, I like Alex David uh, Kirschman's entry. He's a Green Elevener from Auburn Hills in Michigan, not a stone's throw away from your headquarters. He designed a Ram called Guts Glory Ram, um, and I really like the cab idea on it. And plus, anybody that uses two names, Alex David, he's got to be a designer because he's already cool. Um, Look, and he's got a little cowboy in there. Oh, yeah, well, sort of. Yeah, he's very clever. <laughs> so uh, give us some tips for anybody who wants to enter. Uh, what's the inside track? What's the secret to designing this Jeep? Clearly, it has to be able to go everywhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, good design starts with, you know, carrying over whatever the, the, the brand or the brand identity is. So Jeep definitely has a, a seven-slot grill, um, even though it's electrified. You know, we'd love to see how creative can can that be interpreted and, and um, you know, let the students... Uh, do something that we haven't seen before for the rest of the vehicle. How do how do they want to use it? Um, draw the car in a you know in a couple different views. Uh, maybe show the inside of it. You know what are the functions that it can do that are unique that set it apart from everything else. Hmm. I like that idea too. And then your what does the winner get? What's what's the cash of prizes that you're going to spill onto this winner? Yeah. So. Um, one of the one of the things that the students get is a, a four week scholarship uh, to attend the College for Creative Studies. They have a, a design course for high school students. Uh, this year it is going to be online um, for for obvious reasons, but um, uh, still they get uh, trained by professional designers that actually are instructors at the school. Um, the winners also get some one on one Zoom time with uh, Ralph Gilles, who is uh, oh, yeah. um, the, the, globe, the head of, of Stellantis Design. Yeah. Uh, so, and, that, and that's, we did that last year, and it was really great for yeah. us to, to look at the students' portfolios and give them some real-time feedback. Um, they also get a few, uh, a few um, um, Apple products as well to uh, continue their um, art and, and sketching. Careers, yeah. That's that's uh, that's a nice little package for them. They should be uh, very happy with that. Tenth to twelfth uh, grade, if you're up for that, designing a Jeep of the future, um, uh, and Mark will judge you as well as some other people, I'm sure, from Stellantis. All right, Mark. Well, listen, uh, I'm looking forward to having you guys back on to announce the winner. Uh, if you want the website, I'll give it to you again. You don't need that crazy number thing I gave you. You just need Stellantis. S T E L L A N. 
T-I-S, driveforddesign.com. Go make your entry. All the rules are there, by the way. You can download bits and pieces to help you. It gives you all the rules. It gives you who's going to be judging you. It shows you some of the previous winners, uh, timings and deadlines. And then you could be as incredible and as amazing as Mark Trussell from uh, FCA or now Stellantis. Mark, you're a great guy. Love having you on. We'll talk again soon. You're listening to the R Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us. Ask a car question. Just direct messages at our Auto Expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Anton Woolman, independent analyst and investor. Anton, of course, we love having him on the show. You can read a majority of his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. And Anton joins us as an independent analyst and investor. Uh, Anton, you always come up with a very good list of uh, topics for us to talk about uh, every week. So let's talk about the fact that China is uh, restricting its military from using Tesla cars inside uh, because maybe there's spyware inside Teslas. Do, 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 do. Is there spyware inside Teslas? Maybe that should be the question we ask first of all. Well, Nick, this goes to a far broader issue of devices that have both cameras and listening ability. I mean, any given smartphone around that most people have these days have all sorts of capabilities on them that aren't fundamentally different from what we are talking about in this instance. But for some reason, uh, some entities can get a little bit more riled up when you put a whole bunch of cameras inside and outside of an automobile and you have microphones inside a vehicle that can listen to conversations that take place in a vehicle and outside the vehicle for that matter. So what happened here most recently uh, is a set of reports that came out from Bloomberg and Reuters and the Wall Street Journal, which said that the Chinese military has now restricted the use of Teslas uh, on military bases and other sensitive locations. Now, one can argue the finer points about precisely uh, where do they draw the precise geographical boundaries as to when you approach a military base or when you're close to one or what constitutes a military base or a sensitive location and, you know, who among the general civilian population knows when they're really close to a certain uh, defined uh, geographic space. So the uh, point here is that they are they're getting really uh, antsy and nervous about this and I basically told people not to use Teslas in a whole bunch of locations. And uh, we're waiting for further clarification as to how restrictive this really would be. And, uh, and the issue for that matter is far broader than Tesla and, and, uh, and China. Uh, it really amounts to any automobile when you think about it in almost any geography around the world. I mean, if you are a country and you have vehicles driving around with cameras and uh, listening devices that are recording stuff and potentially sending something upstream, uh, you know, this is, this is, of course, goes far beyond uh, China and Tesla. It goes to every automaker and every country. But this is where it starts because, of course, the U.S. and China are almost in a war when you think about it in terms of information technology and spying on each other and 
uh, so forth. So this is kind of where the the hardest battle is being fought these days. And, uh, you know, it goes to show that we've also had these concerns about it coming the other way. Uh, Biden and other companies that make cars in China and want to ship them to the United States. Chinese military owns certain portions of these car companies and they hold some of the servers and Chinese military bases. And these things have been brought up as a concern, whether they're true or not, or whether they have access to the data or not. You know, it's been brought the other way and people have raised those concerns and they may be unfounded, but at the same time, the Chinese are just doing what we've been saying for a long time at the same time. So it, when you zoom out to 10 million feet, it's tit for tat, right? That's right, Nick. And when we had this conversation on your program here, this was probably three or four years ago now. And I wrote numerous articles on this subject uh, back then, four or five years ago, that, I mean, this is the only the logical consequence of what we, the fundamental animals that we are dealing with here. And when I talk about animals, I mean any electronic type device, maybe the TV set that you buy that is made in a foreign country that has all sorts of listening devices in it, for example, or a built-in camera. Or, and, of course, the most obvious and the most widespread device is the, uh, the smartphone. But in this case, the automobile is, uh, is, of course, a mobile instrument. And ask yourself, Nick, uh, where are you allowed to fly a drone in the United States today without a permission? Are you allowed to fly a drone over a military base? Are you allowed to fly a drone over an airport? Are you allowed to drive uh, you know, a, a drone over a major populated area such as New York City or Portland, Oregon or whatever it may be these days? Uh, the answer is no, you're not. And uh, these are some of the big issues that are coming to the forefront here as people pack now, we, Anton, we've talked about uh, the possibility of a car in the future, a car that doesn't have any devices in it that can communicate with a cloud, communicate with your phone. Uh, perhaps this will be the car of the future that everybody wants to buy that has no communication devices in it whatsoever, a stripped communication car that has none of this device in it, that doesn't have a cell phone that plugs in and uses any sort of device to communicate. Perhaps that's what everybody's going to want in the future because they just cannot rely on any of the devices in a vehicle that is communicating and passing information to and from. But ultimately, is it coming? Do you think people are just going to get tired of their information being passed between uh, different people once they get into a vehicle? Oh, we may have lost Anton. Yep, I think we did. Well, yeah, we'll try and we'll try and recommunicate with Anton. I think at some point that's going to happen. There's going to be a section of society that's going to say, "Hey guys, unfortunately, I'm not ready for uh, my vehicle, my cell phone to communicate with people, and I'm just going to do without." The trouble is if you get into a car with your cell phone on um and you don't just turn it off, um it's communicating. And uh, every month I get an email from Google that says, hey, these are the places you've been this month. And it shows me, even if I didn't tell it. Well, you can take the location off. Yeah, you can turn your GPS yeah. off. But does it still know you were there? I don't know. Yeah, it does. This is one of the reasons that BMW and Toyota took such a long time to do deals with, Apple, uh, with, uh, with uh, Android Auto. 
is because they didn't want uh, the upload of all the information. So, uh, Anton, my question was, uh, is it going to be long before uh, there's going to be this car on the market that has zero communication devices in it and people just buy it because they're tired of, uh, of their information being uploaded to the cloud? You'd think and you'd hope so, Nick, but the problem is I've been saying this now for half a decade that uh, the most prized option that you'll be able to order from a car at some point in the future is the non-connected car, the disconnected car, a car that promises that it will not be able to record, upload, or ingest any information from the outer world uh, wirelessly or on an active basis. So, uh, so far, I haven't seen any automaker pick up on this idea, but that doesn't mean that it's coming, that is not coming. And uh, I think this is going to be something that as soon as the consumer really realizes uh, what kind of uh, situation they're in that they'll want to demand. But you know how it is, Nick. A lot of the consumers are simply unaware of the technology that's in there, and they're unaware of, of what it can do. So consumer awareness here seems to really lag the realities that are happening on the ground. Uh, surprise not. Elon Musk announcing further delays in the full self-driving software has to be rewritten again. He's rolling back the rollout of the self-driving software. Are you surprised? I'm going to say not. No. The, I, I was listening carefully to the original press conference for full self-driving, which took place on or about October 19 of 2016, where he promised that every Tesla is now level 5, and there was going to be software upgradable to level 5. The hardware is all there. It's all ready to rock and roll. And basically, if you just pay down your five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000, now you'd have it soon enough. Well, now we're sitting here uh, four and a half years later, Nick, and there's nothing. I mean, the, we have yeah. seen that the filings that Tesla has in front of the California authorities show very clearly that this system is a strict level 2 system not going to go beyond a level two system yeah. but yet tesla keeps into you know basically marketing it as something far more than that broken record as far as i'm concerned excited that bmw are moving uh, forward with their electric plans ahead of schedule when everybody else is delaying they're moving up the plans for their new uh, i4 and their ix which i find stimulating well i mean i think there was a bit of a uh, one step forward, two steps back dance here that BMW took in recent years. These were vehicles that were that were originally scheduled for this time frame. And then a few months ago, uh, blaming the pandemic and so forth, they were going to uh, delay them a few months. And now they're saying, well, I think we might, we might uh, bring them out before the end of 2021 after all. So the i4 in particular, which is the sort of the sedan grand coupe, kind of a three series grand coupe type of uh, vehicle, uh, will be coming out before the end of this year. And then the iax, which is sort of an uh, X5 all electric vehicle, mm -hmm. will be out early 2022, at least in Europe. And at some point later in 2022, will reach the United States as well. But it looks like they're aggressively pushing to go forward with this um, really, really hard because they know that uh, everybody else is delayed and they're trying to get them out as soon as possible. And I know they've made huge plans to try and make conversions, moving their combustion engine factories to Austria, investing huge amounts of money to try and change their factories over. And uh, just talking to them and uh, seeing some of the plans, it looks like they're really making a big push forward. 
That's right, Nick. I mean, BMW is at the end of the day doing what all the automakers are having to do. They're simply following the new laws that dictate the fleet mix, and they're all trying to move forward. The question is just one of execution and the precise sequencing of this versus yeah. that model. Interestingly, you know, the original BMW i3, which was truly a revolutionary card in its own right when it came out mm -hmm. in 2013, that team left BMW in April of 2015 right. and joined Volkswagen. Winter, yeah. so if you want to look at the heart yeah. of that vehicle, it, it is now inside the Volkswagen ID platform. Yeah, yeah. Anton Woolman, you can read his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. Very, very good guy. Uh, we'll be back with our autoexpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more have streamed the podcast. Join the happy listeners at iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. OurAutoExpert.com also has it. Hours of endless fun await you, right, Jen? I'm Nick Miles, <laughs> and this is Our Auto Expert radio show, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at Our Auto Expert. Joining us is Perry Stern. You can read much of his stuff at uh, MSN Autos and also OurAutoExpert.com. Dot com. Uh, Perry is a recent convert, I hope, to the uh, Polestar 2, which uh, we had the luxury of uh, having a baptism by uh, electricity um, recently. Uh, are you a fan, Perry? A baptism by electricity. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely on board with the Polestar 2. It's, it's a fun car to drive, and it looks pretty cool, too. It's one of the things I will say about what I found is that they could have done a horrible job with it. It's probably the same size or somewhere between a, um, a, a Accord, slightly smaller than the, the Honda Accord, and they could have just made a boring sedan out of it. And they did. Uh, they made a extremely exciting electric car out of it with so many features that are very intuitive and made the driving very exhilarating handles much more like something that should be on a racetrack for obvious reasons they come from a, a racing heritage um, and, and the price isn't too horrendous which the, it could have been for a sort of a luxury sporty car it definitely has the Volvo Swedish uh, feel to it um, and they really hit it out of the tr out of the park I think I really like. I think so too. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the style of it looks great. I had several people, you know, want to know what it is because there's a little Polestar logo on the front and back, but it doesn't say Polestar anywhere, which perhaps is a marketing uh, faux pas. I don't know, but you know, you're getting people looking at it, and you know, it's got these big 20-inch wheels on it, which work really well with the you know the hatchback shape. Um, we had the the performance package on the one I drove. And so it had the gold brake calipers, which is just this nice little splash of, splash of color. Um, and you get a yellow seat belt inside, which is also a nice little feature. But, but you're right. It is absolutely a blast to drive. I mean, I think zero to 60 is like four and a half seconds. And, and there is no wheel slip. I mean, there, it's not a four-wheel drive system that has to engage. There's a motor on the front and motor on the back, and they just go. Um, this makes me smile every time I put my foot down. I really like the nice, clean lines in the design of this vehicle. Yeah. The front. It's not complicated at no. all. And I think it's... it's very no, contemporary. I don't know about you, Perry, but I feel the departure from Volvo is still happening. Uh, Polestar 1, of course, was a hybrid. 
Um, the Polestar 2 now all electric, and they're saying things will depart from this vehicle, like they will lose the Thor hammer lights eventually. They will start to separate the designs a little more, and, and it will become more of a standalone brand uh, from Volvo, and it, it, it'll, it'll have its own identity in the future, which I think it, it def- definitely has a different look, um, and it will separate more from the brand. But it's, it's interesting. Go on. I was going to say, and I think that was their goal all along. Um, you know, Polestar 1 was kind of the cross. In fact, Polestar 1 looked exactly like a Volvo concept from a couple of years earlier. In fact, it practically was. Um, but the other main difference between this and a Volvo when you get in is they've uh, gotten rid of the Volvo infotainment system, which yeah. I've never been a big fan of. Right. And uh, they have the big screen, but it's all Android-based, which is fantastic. So you get Google Maps already built in. Um, you can converse with it as you would with your Android phone. In fact, you can even log in with your Google account, yeah. and it will bring in all of your favorites from your maps and from you know your other pre- uh, preferences. And so it's instant integration and personalization, and you can have multiple logins. So if you have a couple people in the family driving it, they can set it up the way they want. And yeah. So it's, it's really high-tech. At the same time, it's really simple to use. I was trying to. I was having a hard time separating Volvo and Polestar because Volvo recently made the announcement that they were going to go all electric. And so then, what was the difference? And I think the difference is when you exactly. sit. Exactly, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, when you actually sit in it and drive it, it's it's not a family car. This is this is for the driver who really wants to feel spirited. And it's not a sports car either because it's it's not. It's not hard to drive. It's very easy to drive. And when you canyon carve in this, it's almost like featherweight. I mean, it glides through the canyons. It's not carving. You know, I always think of carving as as carving meat off a bone where there's some work to do and some guiding. This floats. It's a real float feeling to it and not in a soft suspension way, but it's easy to guide. It's so easy to guide. There's no difficulty in driving it. It's, it's very agile. It's fun to drive. But I think it also does work as a family car. I mean, just cruising around town, backseat has actually got a good amount of room. Um, you've got the USB ports for the backseat passengers. It's got the panoramic roof, so it feels really airy inside. Um, so I think they've done a wonderful job. I think one of my only nitpicks that bugged me a bit was that the range in 10-mile increments. Yeah. And in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't think a nine mile, nine miles is going to make or break it. But, you know, with all of the high-tech and digital qualities of this car, you know, you get used to being able to watch, you know, it's like, all right, I have 47 miles left. Oh, it's up to 48 now. It's 49. Where this one (laughs) will be at 40 for a while, and And then then it drops down to 30. Yeah. And there is... So it's... Yeah, that's that's the only thing that bugged me a bit, but I could learn to live with that. Uh, The reason I say it's not a family car, and it's purely a selfish reason, and I've never had the pleasure of spending any time with your wife... But uh, when that I had sounds awful. when no, when, and he, he'll know exactly what I mean. When I took Jen in this car, I almost got thumped because it pushes me to drive it like a race car driver. Mm. And with Jen in the car, you know, she's like, what are you doing? Slow down. Stop doing that. You know, and and, and as a you know, if you were going to take the family somewhere, it's the sort of car that I want to take on my own, you know, and I, I hearken back to the GLS with you and I, Perry, driving that up the canyons in Malibu. <laughs> that's the sort of driving yeah, you'd want fun. to do in this car, right? That's the sort of driving you yeah. want to do in this. It's not the driving. I, I would ag- yeah. I would agree. I mean, it definitely makes you want to do that. The great thing about this car is it, it's perfectly comfortable not doing that too. Yeah. 
So if you have to take the family, it works perfectly fine for that. But, uh, you know, hopefully you have a family that really likes... Uh, Candy and carving. Yes. Hopefully, you have a family that's very tolerant and uh, uh, doesn't scream at you. I'd like uh, driving with I, Jen. Yeah, I didn't really I, yell at you. No, no, I can see it in your face, and she clasps the seatbelt and looks at me like I hate you. Uh, I'm not sure how your wife reacts when you canyon carve. You're probably much nicer about it, Perry. <laughs> I, I've, I've been married long enough to know not to do that when my wife is in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I get smart. to drive with Jen twice a week uh, to the studio and back on uh, on the days of the show. Mm-hmm. So that's how that works. And your works. goal is to frighten her as much as you can. Not really. It? it just comes naturally. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, let's see if you get, I can throw up. How fast I can get to throw up for the studio. Here, read uh, something to it's me. It's kind of a challenge, Perry. Uh, you kind of know how I am. I mean, you put something in front of me and say you can't do it. I have a hard time not, you know doing what I was told. So I apologize, Jen. I apologize, everybody, but it's just the way I'm manufactured. We know. <laughs> Perry, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting car, um, and I really hope everybody gets a chance to drive the uh, 408 horsepower of electrical luxury. Uh, Perry Stern, you can read his stuff at ourautoexpert.com at MSN Autos. He is definitely a person you should well read up on because he has very good opinions and reports on many things. Ourautoexpert.com, 24-7. Go read, go listen, go watch. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.